0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through you'll be set for life Genesis 1 and 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament. Of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Okay, so we're counting days still. We've got time moving along here. Okay, my fellow astronomy enthusiasts, check this out. The earth was here first before the sun and the moon. It was here first, okay? That blows a lot of theories. A lot of scientists are going to be mad hearing that one. you do better off listening to the Bible. The earth is not a chunk of flame that flew off the sun. That's just not the way it happened. The earth was here first, and then God made the sun, the great light to rule the day, and then God made the moon, the lesser light to rule the night. I want you to observe that it says God set them. He set them in the firmament to light the earth. He set them there. Now, the moon, I, I tell you, the more I study about the moon, the more I realize how it's got the entire science community all messed up. The science community, they can't figure nothing out because this moon that we have confuses them all the way around. They just can't make sense out of it. First off, how did it get there? How did, how did the moon show up like it is? Let me let me explain. <laughs> There's a theory that the moon is a chunk of Earth that flew off during creation, kind of like they think the Earth was a piece of the sun that got flung off into space. But ever since astronauts went to the moon and brought samples back to the Earth, they've discovered the moon is not even remotely made of the same stuff that the Earth is made of. So it couldn't have flung off the Earth. It's not made of the same thing. I mean, duh, you can look at it and tell that, right? It's not the same material. So there's another theory called the capture theory that the moon was another planet that formed somewhere else in the solar system and it got a little too close to Earth's gravity and the Earth just captured it and it's been going around ever since. But if it was captured, then how did the moon's orbit get so perfectly synchronized with the Earth that the same side of the moon has always faced the Earth for thousands of years? It is absolutely perfectly synchronized with Earth. You've, you have never... Seen the other side of the moon ever in your life? Your grandparents, your great grandparents, the ancient Chinese uh, astronomers that have drawn pictures, it's the same moon we got today. It has not drifted just enough to where we eventually see the other side. Show that moon picture. This left picture, that's the moon as we know it. That's the one you've always seen throughout your life. But the right side, that's the back of the moon. And nobody ever saw that far side until the astronauts of Apollo 8. Traveled behind it in 1968. Nobody had ever seen that side. Looks like a completely different moon on the other side, doesn't it? You've never seen that side. Not once. They have found the oldest drawings of the moon ever made by man. And they are all, the for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years ago, the same moon we have today. You cannot have that happen with a capture effect. It can't be that perfect. Okay? So, I remember the astronauts were so overtaken by being the first eyes to ever see the backside of the moon that when they were orbiting the moon, they read Genesis chapter one and televised it and beamed it back to the earth, which is fascinating. They read what we're reading today. And believe me, they had atheists ready to sue them when they got back. So, that blows the capture theory. The moon did not get here by capture theory. It is too perfect, it is too synchronized. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God, and that's one way right there. It's a very powerful way. The capture theory could not have synchronized the moon's orbit so perfectly like this. You know, you take the most accurate timepiece that's ever been made by man. Even they lose a few seconds after so many months. They they drift off a little bit. So the moon has never drifted even the slightest amount for us to have seen the other side over thousands of years. friends. Genesis says, God set the moon there. He set this. God's power is perfect. It can do this. It's, I, I, again, I'm going kind of space nuts on y'all right now because that's just the way I am. But this is you can see God's power in the moon. So how did the moon get there? How did the moon and the sun get there? We read it. God set them there. He put them there. He put them there the way he wanted them. Friends, I love astronomy. I study it often, and I have a telescope. Uh, There was a day we had a prayer meeting, and I let everybody look at Saturn and Jupiter, and it was a lot of fun. But, and I, I mean, I also watch documentaries and I listen to the theories they talk about, but I have to take God's word over the smartest minds of science because when it says that God set them how He wanted them, then that's the way they're placed. We have to learn to recognize God's creation screaming, shouting at us who God is. And that's just one way with the moon. If you ever want to dare sit down with me and talk more, I will, I'll take you on. Okay. Genesis 1 and 20. <laughs> Genesis 1 and 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Okay, day five, we've got creatures and birds now. And we read that fertility... Life itself comes from no other place than from God's divine blessing. I can't tell you how many times we studied through the Bible where you had these people that worshiped fertility goddesses and fertility gods in some form or another. And God came in and just said, no, I'm going to squash that theory and showed the people you're worshiping the wrong way. Lots of religions have worshiped sea creatures as dragons and monsters of the deep. But even these creatures were creations of God Almighty. All life comes from the one true God. Don't attribute that to some other theory or some other God or false God. It all comes from the Lord God Almighty. And so that was day five. Now comes day six. The climax of all earthly creation is about to happen big time. Genesis 1 and 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, Cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. I want y'all to notice that cattle gets more than one mention, and that's why brisket tastes so good. Okay, so we have (laughs) day six. And everything's trucking really fast. You got things going on all over the place. All life is exploding on the scene. But then God saved the best for last. Genesis 126. Then God said, Let us make man, which is mankind, man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Trust me, when I light up my smoke pit, I have dominion over the kettle, and I enjoy it. I enjoy my dominion over the cattle. Shall so remember how the earth was void, and it was without form. There was nothing but water everywhere. It was not right for man to live on that yet. So God moved heaven and earth. He moved heaven and earth and everything to get everything just right to be able to put mankind, us, into his creation. What I'm trying to stress here is can you see all the work that God did just for you and me to be able to have this life that we live? Why do we worry about the cost of gasoline? Why do we worry about where our next rent check is coming from when we can just pray to God, Lord, you made all of this. You have moved everything before I got here. I trust, Lord God, you're going to get me through the next month. why, Why do we let the world have, why do we let politics mess our minds up to where we can't worship God and trust in him with peace? Why do we do this? Look at what he did before we got here. You think because we're here, he's just going to (laughs) stop? He's still going to move heaven and earth for us. But just look at all the work he did so that we could have a good life. So God has moved heaven and earth. And I want us to see something here, though. God said, let us make man. Let us make man in our image. Us and our. That's plural. That's more than one. There's more than one talking here. Who is this us here? Who is this our here? This is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is all three of the Godhead. You're seeing Jesus in Genesis. while well, Jesus didn't show up till the Gospels. I see Jesus here right now in Genesis 1, right from the very beginning. He's with the other two persons of the Godhead, Holy Spirit and God the Father. Well, how can God be three but be one? Well, I'm one person. I'm someone's father, I'm someone's son, I'm somebody's husband, I'm three different kind of guys and one dude right here, okay? I mean, that's not hard to understand. So we've got these three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three persons of the Godhead. And what's interesting here is they're operating in agreement with each other. Let us do this. Let us make man. We're going to make them in our image. You didn't have one out of the three go, no, I, I don't like that idea. Doesn't sound right to me. I, I don't think we should do that. Let's do it different and then get a big argument about it. One of them says, well, forget y'all. I quit and leaves. I'll start my own denomination. You don't see that. You see agreement. You see harmony. You see fellowship. And you know what? He expects that from us. Same thing. Well, I don't like this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. <laughs> I want to be like Jesus. Well, here you go. You got to agree with the body of Christ, too. I mean, we're not all going to agree on everything. I like blue more than I like pink. That's fine if you don't. But come on, let's agree in the Word of God that we can have harmony and agreement with one another. Let's keep it that well, okay? They're operating in agreement. They are so unified. They are so one that they work together in perfect fellowship. Friends, we need to learn something off of this. Now, you notice that in verse 26, Holy Spirit didn't disagree. The Father didn't say, well, you know what? You, you need to straighten up or get out and all that. It wasn't any of that. It says, let us make man in our image. So far, we have now seen the perfect power of God set creation in its place, all in perfectly aligned agreement to create creation and create man. Can you see all of the amazing, wonderful things it took to get you and I on this planet Earth? To have life. Who, after hearing this message, can think that God does not care about them? God cares about you way more than we realize. Genesis 1 and 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, it says. There's not a third or fourth or fifth different gender. It's, there's two. I remember playing a, a video game. It was a Monty Python game. I was playing in the 90s. And it said, you filled out a questionnaire. Okay, y'all know Monty Python, how goofy it is. And it said, what's your gender? And it said, male, female, and other. And I remember laughing. Today, you see that that's on applications. You see, there's like, prefer not to say non-binary. It's ridiculous. Genesis 1 says he created them male and female. Oh, people, stop trying to jack around with God's creation. Stop trying to mess up his order. It's ungodly. It's unbiblical. It's God-hating activity, male and female. I'm amazed that I even have to say this. Ten years ago, if you told me that I would be saying this right now, I wouldn't have believed you. So man having the image or likeness of God, what does that mean? It means that we were made to resemble God. We're made to be like him. Now, mankind, we don't resemble God in terms of flesh and blood because God is spirit. God does not have a body. But the first man, Adam, Adam's body did resemble the life of God in the manner that Adam was created in perfect health. Adam was perfectly healthy. He didn't have back trouble like I do. He didn't have sciatica like I do. He didn't have get headaches and all these things. He was in perfect health. Adam was without sin, and therefore Adam was not subject to death in his original created form. Adam was perfect. He was sinless, and he was alive, just like God's image. Genesis 1 and 28 Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Anna, you don't like eating oysters and fried fish. We're supposed to have dominion, so let's go have seafood after church today, okay? We have dominion. Okay. (laughs) I know, and he put me in dominion over watermelon too, didn't he? Yeah, okay. I don't like watermelon. So this is how man was created as a rational being. Rational. Humans were set apart from the animal world. We are not animals. Okay? We've been set apart and we've been given dominion over the animal world. And the reason for mankind not being animals is so that we can commune with our creator, God. We have a mental likeness. We have a moral likeness. We have a social likeness that enables us to fellowship closely with God in ways that animals cannot. If you listen to unbelieving scientists and even some of the weird people out there that just carry on with wherever they get their imagination from, they categorize humans as animals. They say we're animals, that we evolved from the animal world over a long period of time. Friends, we did not develop because of evolution, because God says here in his infallible word that he made us in his image. God is not a primate. We were not derived from the image of a primate. We were made from our first day on earth in the likeness of God in his very own image. Do not try to tell me that I am the result of millions of years of evolution. Mankind was created on day six in the image of God with perfect innocence, a direct reflection of God's holiness. Okay. Genesis 1 and 29. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food, also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth of the day. Okay, I find it it's just my fascination that in verse 29, God spoke to man through language. He used language to communicate with us. He didn't, it's not like I'm God and you're not, you're so far away from me, you can't possibly talk with me because I'm just too far above you. He's talking to us. He still talks today. And this puts humans way far away. From the evolution process. Because on man's very first day, God spoke to man through words. To men who had conscious thought. Humanity had the rational ability to reason and to choose. To hear language and to think about what he heard. And then to integrate that communication into his behavior. Why would God make us so special? To enable us to react with him like this. Why would God want to talk with us? To get close with us like this? 1 Corinthians 1 and 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is why God made you with with these traits. The ability to understand his communication through language. He made us in his image to fellowship with him. God wants to be friends with you. God's not just sitting up there in a chair saying, well, I hope you make it someday. We'll see how you do. He's like, I'm going to be part of your life. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to talk to you. We'll work things out. When you bump into trouble, call on me. I'll talk to you. We'll we'll get through this. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have fellowship. Let's be friends. He doesn't do that with animals. He does it with us. I really grieve for the people out there who do not value Fellowship. They just don't value it. And it shows in how they don't value fellowship. You don't see them in fellowship. We're supposed to assemble in fellowship. Friends, if you're going to fellowship with God, you've got to fellowship with other believers because that's going to get you ready for what we have ahead. If, you're going to, if you expect you're going to do it then, you've got to do it now. Fellowship with God and with other believers is exactly what we are created for, for fellowship. You know what's great is that you are not an accident. I hear some parents say that about their children. Well, you know, they're an accident. We're glad to have them, but they're an accident. No, you're not. You are not an accident. God didn't go, oh, didn't see you coming. What to do with you now? I got to figure this one out. That's not true. You're not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are a planned accident ordained creation of God, made in his image, made with purpose. Every person that hears me saying this, you have been created by God, set here, just like he placed the sun and the moon, but you've got a whole lot more favor than that, okay? (laughs) I, I know some people out there that are suffering depression. They think their life is worthless, and they don't understand this. You have been put here by God to have fellowship with him. Psalm 139 and 16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the day's fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. This says that God saw you before you were born and scheduled each day of your life before you began to breathe. And every day of it is recorded in his book that he has somewhere. You can't just think you have no purpose. Or that you are an accident just because somebody told you you are. God has his hand in this. Okay. That's why I always say you are not worthless. You're priceless. God, God brought you here for a purpose of his own loving reasons here. Okay. It's just like how God set up all of creation for man to live on it before man ever existed. God moved heaven and earth into perfect alignment for man to live on it and to fellowship with him. What a great blessing it is. To be alive. I'll say that again. Somebody somewhere needs to hear this. What a great blessing it is to be alive. This is such a good day today, isn't it? Today, we still bear the image of God, but that image has been severely twisted. It has been severely scarred. It's been very damaged. It's like I had a truck one time. It was a nice truck. Somebody crashed into me. It was still a truck, but boy, was it messed up. We have an image of God still, but it's been severely messed up. A lot of people think we have lost the image because of sin. We didn't lose it. We still have it. It's just messed up. Mentally, morally, we've been damaged by and scarred by sin. Mentally, morally, socially, physically, we show the effects of sin. You can look at me for more than a minute and you can find some effect of sin. I've got a skin disease that shows up on my arms. Okay, it's sin in my body. But the good news is that we have Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and He rose again so that we can be raised up to life along with Him. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen set for life. You'll have all you need. Just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set for life. You'll be on your way any day you decide to start.